Here we go back again with another episode of the Around the Show Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Kyle Showalter, and I'm joined tonight by only Brandon Mills. We're missing Christian this week. It's his and his lovely girlfriend, Darian's five-year anniversary, so they're celebrating out at Disneyland. Christian, Darian, love you both. Uh, thank you, guys. for uh, Thank you, Darian, for letting Christian be a part of this, and uh, we'll see you back next week, buddy. Brandon, how are we doing tonight, man? Man, I'm feeling great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Definitely uh, would have been better if we got a little bit more breaking news today. We were both kind of yeah. hoping for Deshaun Watson to wind up being traded somewhere. Uh, that's where we're going to start the show tonight is talking about what we think is going to happen with this situation. Uh, it really seemed like last night this was going to crescendo today and we were going to figure out where Deshaun was going to end up. Is he going to be a Brown? Is he going to be a Saint? Is he going to be a Panther? Is he going to be a Falcon? Who was kind of a dark horse mystery team that came up at the end? Uh, so I think we should just dive right into it. Um, First of all, whoever takes him, it's going to be a media shitstorm. We yeah. we got to address the elephant in the room with it. It's kind of a kind of weird tiptoeing around it. There's obviously the situation with the civil suits. He was not indicted by a grand jury, so he will not face criminal charges for his actions. If you don't know what the situation was, I implore you to look it up yourself. We're not going to dive in too much into it on the show. We just want to stick to what we know, uh, which is the game that we love. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, I mean, any of these teams he goes to outside of maybe Atlanta have to be like an immediate, if not Super Bowl contender, like an AFC or NFC championship contender. Carolina might be the other exception, but there's enough skill talent on that team. If you add Deshaun Watson to it, they got a good young defense with a lot of speed. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are, because I really feel like if he wants to go win a championship right now, it's between either the Browns or the Saints as realistic options, but Carolina right. might be one of those. Atlanta really feels like a reach to me. There's just no talent on that team on the defensive side at all. I agree. Um, Atlanta is a reach, and then the fact that they even got brought in the conversation late last night um, it kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, best chance to win, I think, is going to Cleveland. Um they're kind of sound. They're kind of set on defense. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that if he got traded to uh, Carolina that they'd have a shot at winning, but we haven't seen Christian stay healthy at all ever yeah. in a season. And, you know, who knows what their defense is going to provide. So if you're asking solely what's his best chance of winning, I think the obvious answer is Cleveland. But um, it's – kind of slow rolling on figuring out where he's going to end up you know like you said we thought we'd hear something early today and I thought we'd hear something even earlier this week but still nothing and keep looking at my phone to see if anything's popped up still nothing so um yeah slow rolling uh interesting topic but like you said yeah media shitstorm uh, whoever decides to pick him up is obviously gonna have to handle that and I'm sure they have plans to to deal with those types of things but um Ultimately, whoever gets him, he's, you know, they're getting a good quarterback no matter what goes on off the field. They're getting a great football player and um, a guy who knows how to win games. Yeah, at the end of the day, NFL franchises and front offices aren't in the business of making their fans happy. They're not in the business of doing the right thing. Morally, they're in the business of winning football games. Yeah. So a trade for Deshaun Watson is going to happen. He will be starting next year unless he's suspended by the league, which is also a possibility that these teams, I'm sure, are considering when they're going through and offering all these trade packages out. I think the interesting thing with Deshaun Watson is we don't really know a lot about the guy. He's kind of recluded himself since a lot of this has happened. Yeah. We, uh, we didn't know much outside of the comments, at least I don't, about from Dabo Sweeney talking about how he's a great guy. We know about the, the work in the community. And obviously he's wiped out most, if not all, of that goodwill based off of these allegations. But 
my my point from bringing that up is that we don't know what his priorities are. Is he only going somewhere where he feels like he has the best chance to win? Is he out there looking for somewhere that's a city that's a great cultural fit for him? Cleveland might not be that for anybody, let alone a guy like Deshaun Watson, yeah. grew up in the South, uh, South Carolina kid, stuff like that, or excuse me, a Georgia kid, which I think is why Atlanta actually makes a little bit more sense than a lot of people are letting on. He used to be a ball boy for the Falcons. That's why he has a relationship with the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank. So I definitely think that they have some intriguing things that they could bring to the table in terms of a destination Deshaun Watson might choose. But at the end of the day, I think I agree with you. If, if I'm Deshaun Watson, if I am a franchise-level quarterback that's already gotten paid, the only thing I'm looking to do is win and build my legacy, especially Correct. when there's situations outside of football that are kind of muddying that. The only choice he really has is to put his head down and try to win. And I definitely think Cleveland is the situation that's going to provide him the best opportunity at that. They just traded a fifth and a sixth for Amari Cooper, which still makes no sense. Insane. Dallas obviously just didn't want to pay him anymore. They had to trade him in order to pay, uh, make room for Michael Gallup in order to pay the deal that they gave Ezekiel Elliott a couple years ago. He has an $18.5 million cap hit this year. So Amari Cooper getting moved that's kind baffling. of felt like it's unbelievable. Cowboys for a are in a hole. For a running back. When they have a backup running back on the roster who's arguably just as good. But that's sure. a conversation for another time. Yeah. The Cowboys front office and Jerry Jones and what they choose to do. Yeah. Is, uh, it's definitely a conversation that we'll have at some point. Um, but with Deshaun, I mean, they like you said, the defense loaded up over there in Cleveland. Uh, the wide receiver room, yeah, they lost Jarvis Landry. I don't particularly think he was still a great player in this league anymore. He kind of seems like he's lost a step. They don't have Odell anymore, which obviously if the situation was different, Odell was still there this uh, location would be even more attractive for Deshaun. Yeah. I just don't know what's in these other spots, unless it's something that, like I said, a cultural fit, something about the city, a place that he just feels like has a better lifestyle for him. I don't know what situation provided is going to be better than Cleveland. The New Orleans Saints are in cap hell. They've done a, they've done a lot this offseason in order to cut down a little bit on that, but they still have to deal with a couple of things. They've cut some pretty good players. There's a lot of question marks on Carolina, Christian McCaffrey's health, Matt Rule's uh, validity as a head coach over yeah. there, and then Atlanta just doesn't have a lot of talent stockpiled up. So I'm curious to see if there is uh, another location that he chooses to go to, what the reasoning behind that's going to be. It's it's This is just such a bad situation for all of the NFL. It's, it's not going to be what it would have been if he had been traded two years ago before all this stuff came out, where everybody would have been... You know, overjoyed for Deshaun getting away from an organization of the Texans who have had a very muddied past and yeah. the, their brief history as an NFL organization between ownership and the things that they've gone through over there. It should feel like a win to see him getting out of t out of Houston, but really it just feels bad all the way around. I'm glad the for uh, the Eagles were connected to him for a really long time, and I was rooting the entire time that they wouldn't trade for him just because of all of the the circumstances around him. You know, you'd hate to have to cheer for a guy like that. And granted, we don't know. We don't know a lot about that whole situation. So yeah. like I said, I just don't want to say too much, but it do, it just feels bad all around. This should be a great thing, a quarterback getting away from a dysfunctional organization, and instead it just feels like shit, quite yeah. frankly, it's like all they, the way around. They have to let him go now. It, it, it went from uh, Deshaun wants to leave to Texans got to get rid of this guy now. Um, but like I said earlier, whoever gets the guy is going to get a great quarterback. And, and like you said, it's going to be real important to come out and win with everything going on, the whole situation, the year of not playing, all the media attention around around everything. It's going to be vital to come out and perform at a high level because it's going to look going to look real bad and you're going to hear a lot of the noise creeping up late in the season if you're not performing at a Deshaun Watson level that we've seen before. So if he does go to Cleveland, 
what are we thinking? Are they, are they winning that division? That AFC North is going to be incredibly tough next year. The Steelers are most likely going to get better, even though they did add Mitch Trubisky. The Ravens have done a lot in free agency. The Bengals just went to the Super Bowl. Does Deshaun Watson on that team make them the favorite in that division for you? Kind of putting you on the spot with that question. Um, I personally think that it wouldn't. I think I would still probably value the the Ravens. And then if the Bengals come out early in the season and they're yeah. hot like they were at the end of last year, I'd probably ride with them over anybody in that division. I don't know. I, but Deshaun is just such a special player. But you think about the last time he played, he was a superhero quarterback, and the Texans won four games. Yeah, that's very true. Um, everyone's got to be playing together at all times. That's with any team. Um, I agree with you. I think the Ravens are probably the team to beat in that North division. Um, everything you see they, they're doing in the offense, beefing up that defense, or in the offseason, I'm sorry. Um, they're beefing up that defense and, um, you know, getting guys in there that, that can help them actually win, win games and get back to the playoffs and, you know, make that push to the Super Bowl. Um, so f- to say the Browns are automatically, you know, the top of the AFC North if they get Deshaun, I'm with you. I can't, I can't say that's, that's going to happen. Unfortunately, we just don't have any more information to go on right now. We're kind of we were expecting you to come into the show with, you know, news of where he was going to be and discuss that move. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Hopefully next week we'll be able to come back and circle back to this and kind of have a more definitive outlook. If it is the Browns, we'll be able to dive into it a little bit more. If it's any of these other spots, we'll obviously dive into that as well. But for now, we're going to go ahead and move over to the next part of our show. And Brandon, yes, what happened after we got out last week? Baseball is back it finally happened the owners and players agreed and we have opening day on april 7th of this year and oh my lord has the wheeling and dealing began over in baseball countless free agent signings bunch of trades oakland is having a fire sale cincinnati is trading anybody that makes more than 20 dollars on their roster it's it's pretty embarrassing watching what those two organizations are doing but one man's trash another man's treasure we'll talk about that uh that oakland trade with matt olson over to atlanta um, in just a little bit, but first we got to talk about the two big fish that are still left on the market. That's Carlos Correa and Freddie Freeman, obviously of the are formerly of the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves, the World Series champion Atlanta Braves. As a Dodgers fan, both of these guys have been heavily connected to you guys over in LA. Yeah. Carlos Correa has also been connected to the Anna or the excuse me, the Los Angeles Angels. I will never stop doing that. I don't care how long I'm a fan or how long <laughs> I live. Always going to be the Anaheim Angels. Um, Freddie Freeman's been connected to the Yankees. They just signed Anthony Rizzo. He's been connected to a bunch of places, even the Padres, which are kind of interesting, but don't make a yeah, whole lot of sense. Lot of Hosmer's sense, still on the roster. Yeah. I'm curious to think, uh, or curious to ask you where you think, first off, we'll start with Correa, where he's going to end up. I hope he stays where he's at. Um, <laughs> I can give a damn about the guy. Um, really? E- even if Carlos Correa, the baseball player, is on your team, you're not rooting for him? I'm going to have a lot to think about. If he if he became a Dodger, I would have a lot to think about, man. I'm sure I'm sure we've uh, he he took a trip to Angel Stadium this last year, and I I gave him an earful. So I mean, I'm in the same boat. If he he's he has been connected to the Angels as well, I I don't know. That's a I'm sure I would come around and root for him eventually, but it, it wouldn't feel good. It'd it be would tough. Yeah, bad feeling situation. I mean, yeah, you obviously relating to the sign stealing scandal back in 2017 is what we're talking about. Yeah, Not it, just hating Carlos Correa as a man, but the, yeah, that cheating stuff, the man, it's still hard to, it's still hard to wrap your head around how it's very hard, especially, that that especially for us Dodger fans, you know, if that'll show you the brutality of the business side of sports, you know, they, a guy on the biggest stage 
of baseball at the highest level, you know, as part of the one of the biggest cheating scandals. And then a few years later, he ends up on that team that he cheated to that beat. he cheated yeah. to beat. <laughs> it's it, tough pill to swallow it, as a fan. Yeah, it's tough as as a, as a fan. As long as I've been a Dodger fan, um, to have that happen in in 2017, and then to even think that there's you know a good chance that he could be a Dodgers. It is painful, and I'd have to think about it because I, you know, I don't want it to happen. Much like you don't want Deshaun on uh, the Eagles, I do not want Carlos Correa to be a Dodger. I hope, um, hope Houston pays up, pays him big, because you know he's not, he's not going anywhere for cheap. He's looking for money, and um, yeah, gosh, I'm speechless, man. I, I just, yeah, I hope he's not a Dodger. I think uh, I think something that's interesting that I've heard kind of broached a little bit on social media is the idea of him going back to Houston on a one-year deal and potentially trying to sign a big contract again next offseason because uh, how weird this offseason was. A lot of the big money flew out uh, before the lockout. Corey Seager signed a monster deal as a shortstop before, so that kind of cut into his market a little bit. I think that's actually a, I think it's a realistic option, really. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he comes out, has a good year next year on a one-year deal, he's going to have the ability to go after that big contract again because it just feels like the same thing's happening with Freddie Freeman. All of the other teams that you were that were fighting over you decided to just go in another direction, yeah. and now you just don't have any options. So the amount of money teams are willing to pay you, the amount of years they're willing to give you is going to be lower if you come back next year and are able to reset that. It's going to lead to a lot more and a lot bigger payday next year. But I think at the end of the day, the Dodgers make the most sense from a money standpoint, but I really do think he's going to end up back on the Astros, whether it's on that one-year deal or at the long-term deal. I think there's been a lot of momentum building up. I've been reading a lot that uh, Houston's uh, making more offers. They're up in their money, things like that. And I don't think he really wants to go anywhere else because of the whole situation that we just talked about. Fans all over the country hate this guy. He got booed in every visiting ballpark he visited. I'm sure there were some people in their home games who gave him some choice words as well. I, I think... The way that his career has gone, it makes the most sense for him to stay in Houston. I'm curious to mm-hmm. see if if you're on the same boat there. I am on the same boat, and, and I think of not even you know the fans, but the players. You know, would the players want him on that team? Would you want to play? Yeah. Imagine, now for imagine going to look at Clayton Kershaw in the dugout. You know, the guy yeah. who cheated out of a World Series ring in a non-bubble season because people are always going to make comments. Oh, Kershaw never won. A real World Series, it's a bubble World Series. You're exactly. the guy who took that away from him. A lot of that you took that away from Justin Turner. You exactly. took that away from Chris yeah. Taylor. Like all these guys. Who a lot of that main core is still there. Yeah, they still feel that pain that that you know that was left. And um, yeah, as a front office, I think you you know at at some point you have to look at your players and you know what they want, no matter how good Carlos Correa might be for the team. If these guys don't want that guy on their team, it's that's never going to be a good fit. Um, but that's just me speaking from a former athlete's position. You know, I, that, I, I think there's validity in that. Right. I think if you're, if you're not, if you're purely, and I think the Dodgers are one of the teams at the forefront of the analytics movement, I think that's been proven based on the, the guys that they target and things like that. You, you can't ignore that. The, yeah. the team chemistry, those guys spend seven months a year together they play 162 games together they share a locker room before the game they celebrate wins together they mourn losses together that's a real thing and if mm-hmm. you go in and bring in a guy like carlos correa unless you're absolutely positive and you've asked every guy in that locker room if they're okay like hey we're going to invest 300 million dollars into this guy who took food off your plate a world series ring off of your finger we're going to go give that guy 300 million dollars are you cool with that and if unless everyone is 
legitimately and not just on the surface okay with that and is willing to welcome him in. I mean, you're talking about a team in the Dodgers who have been dominant for the last decade. That's yeah. the kind of thing that can unravel everything really, really quickly. Fast. We got exactly. to we got to move over to Freddie Freeman. Uh, yeah. A lot of lot of talk about Carlos Correa. I think Freddie Freeman's just That's as a guy dominant of a to player. Have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to end up being a Dodger. He can't. Yeah, exactly. That that's I don't the. Think you said Padres, but like we said, it doesn't make sense with Hosmer in the lineup. Um, maybe because of that new DH rule. The yeah, but I don't think you want to stick. Uh, Hosmer's got to get traded. I think if you're if you're giving money to Freddie Freeman, you can't be paying. You know, you're giving Freddie Freeman thirty-two to thirty-five million a year. Hosmer's making twenty something. You can't be paying fifty-five million dollars to two first basemen on your roster, especially yeah. when one of them is a uh, objectively bad big leaguer at this point in his career. I think the Dodgers <laughs> just make too much sense. He brings left-handed power to the lineup. It's something that they need outside of Muncie. They don't really have too much, especially losing Corey Seager. It just makes too much sense for it to not be the Dodgers. The The Braves have already grabbed his replacement. He can't go back. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. They replaced him in a big way before he was even gone. So you're like, wow, that's really, that's really valid there, I guess. You know, yeah. It shows that there was, there was just no even punch or shot at landing him back. And I guess it makes the most sense for the Braves. Um, sucks to let a guy like that go, though, man. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're letting him go is, is great for you, obviously, as a Dodger fan. Yeah. You're going to be able to pick that up. But let's just go ahead and roll over to the Olsen trade since they're kind of connected. Mm-hmm. What a deal. Yeah. Two top 100 prospects, another top 30 guy in the Braves organization go over. That's Christian Passe and Shea Langeliers are those two uh, two top 100 prospects, a center fielder and a catcher, respectively. Mm-hmm. And they get Matt Olson and immediately sign him to what I what an eight year, hundred and sixty eight million dollar deal or something crazy like you got that. Paid. I think the I think the Braves made the right decision. You move on from Freddie Freeman, who's 32 years old now. You trade for Matt Olson, who's 26. You you lock him in for the next eight years. He over the last, he had a bad 2020 season, but over the last couple of years, he's been one of the premier first basemen in the league. You have him on a relatively cheap contract compared to what he could have fetched in free agency in a couple of years. He plays gold glove defense. He smacks the ball around at Oakland Coliseum, which is a massive, Huge. massive ballpark. Yeah. So he's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do at SunTrust over at Oakland. This is a slam dunk move. He's also a Georgia kid, so he's ecstatic to be home. I'm sure that's going to be great for him. I'm fired up for Matt Olson, man. Getting out of that shithole of the Oakland organization. As, as an Angels fan, like I don't like him because they're our rivals, but the way that they conduct business and, and the way that they build these great teams with cheap players and then mm-hmm. proceed to trade them all away four years into their career every single time. It's crazy. It's so frustrating to watch just as a baseball fan. As an Angels fan, I love it. Hey, we'll take you know 19 games against the Oakland 4A club over there. Are they ever going to pay a guy? I, it's hard to imagine they do. And if you're if you're not going to pay Olsen and Matt Chapman, like wh- who are you going to pay? Those are two superstars that are young, so, um, yeah, homegrown talent. It's it's just hard well, to imagine. That's what makes that me those feel guys feel go. bad for those two prospects that you know that go over there. Where are you going? You know, when you're going to the A's, it's, what's your what's your career going to turn into yeah, as a young as a young prospect in the Oakland A's organization? You know, you don't have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, you have you have to look forward to Oakland developing you, which they've shown a they've definitely shown a propensity to develop young talent and make good young ball players. But you know you're not going to finish your career there. You know yeah. you're going to get shipped out before you hit free agency. And it's just a, uh, it's got to be a bad feeling, you know, going over there to that organization that has a track record of doing this. I mean, there's been movies made about how cheap the the A's are. You know, yeah. there's rich clubs, poor clubs, a thousand yards of shit, and then there's mm. us. Whatever the phrase is from the movie. I mean, it's. 
it's it's comical at this point. But focusing on the Olsen trade, I mean, the Braves got a stud. I think they did a great job in replacing Freddie Freeman in the way that they did. I mm-hmm. think they caught wind from Freddie, like, hey, I've got this offer. Could you match it? They said no. He said, okay, well, I'm out then. And they said, yeah. okay. And they went Thank and you. traded for Matt Olsen, who was being flirted with the – who was being – uh, suggested he was going to go to the Yankees, so they kind of had to act quick before the Yankees jumped in, and then that made the Yankees have to sign Anthony Rizzo, and that dries up Freddie Freeman's market. This is all just big one interconnected thing, and I think it's why free agency is so fascinating. Yeah. So not only is the MLB transaction mill going right now, we have NFL free agency in full swing, and right before we went on, Brandon Vaughn Miller signed a massive deal with the Buffalo yeah, yeah. Bills. Six years, 120 million big boys for Vaughn Miller, who's had a Hall of Fame career, but is admittedly on the back half of that. He's on the wrong side of 30. He has production has fallen off slightly the last couple of years, but has still been, albeit a very good player. Uh, granted, maybe not for $20 million a year in his uh, starting in his age 33 season next year. That's a little bit hard to imagine. Brandon, as a Rams fan, Von Miller did just win a Super Bowl for your boys in blue. I'm curious to see if you're a little bit upset about him walking away. Do you see the number and kind of balk and say, okay, we didn't want him for that number anyways? Do you wish they could have given him something competitive to get him to stay at maybe 17, 18 million a year? I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, first of all, I'm happy for the guy. I can't knock that move. Um, dude went out and got paid as an old man in the league and um you know that you always tip your cap to that. Um I'm actually happy the Rams didn't come in the ballpark. Um I think six years for a thirty three year old linebacker is, is ludicrous, you know, and, and granted, you know, he did come over, he, he did exceptional things for the Rams and we won the Super Bowl, you know, mission accomplished in bringing him over. Um but if the Rams would have turned around this season and, and given him that six-year deal or even a five-year deal, I would have thought it's a little crazy. And I think the Bills are a little in over their heads with giving them uh, six years. But like you said, we don't know the ins and outs of that contract. We do know 70 is guaranteed. And, and, you know, you can argue that he's worth all of that 70. But, um, man, six years. Six he's going to be 38 years. years old. Six years for a defensive player in their 30s is just insane to think about i i don't know a contract that's been that long on that side of the ball for a guy this i don't want to say old because 33 is not old but 33 years old for the nfl man you're a senior citizen almost especially playing on the defensive side of the ball i think he's going to be 33 next year when the when the season starts or he'll turn 33 so he's he's going to be an old guy that's for sure I think the length of the contract is what's going to make a lot of people balk at it. I don't think the $20 million number is necessarily crazy. And like like we did say, $70 million is the guarantee on that. So we don't know if all of that's front-loaded. Are they going to be out of guaranteed money after just three seasons? And then it eventually becomes a year-to-year $20 million contract. We don't know. Is it front-loaded? Is it back-loaded? I'm sure Ian Rappaport's put the details out there a little bit. He's the one who broke the contract, at least as far as I saw. We'd have to take another look and see all of those things. But I do think this move makes the Bills a lot better of a football team. I think the biggest problem that they had in that championship game at the end where the the Chiefs came back down a field goal with 13 seconds left and still one of the craziest endings My to a football game God. I've ever seen. I think a big problem in that game for them was that they just couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And this is a Chiefs team who doesn't necessarily have a strong offensive line. Granted, they were uh, significantly better than they were in the Super Bowl in 2020. But I don't think their line was necessarily a strong suit for the team this last year. I think a lot of it was Mahomes being Mahomes. 
But I do think the Bills got better, and I think at the end of the day, their goal every year is going to be to beat the Chiefs. That's yep. going to, like every team in the National League in baseball is trying to beat the Dodgers, and every team in the American League for a couple of years was trying to beat the Astros. The Chiefs are the team to beat. Well, like the Warriors, I think, are actually the greatest example of that is everybody in the Western Conference was just trying to gear up and beat the Warriors yep. for those couple of years. Daryl Morey, back when he was the GM over in Houston with the Rockets, he actually made that comment to the media. We're just trying to beat Golden State. I think that's this is the kind of move that when a franchise, desperate's not the right word, they're motivated to go out and get guys that they think are going to put them over the hump. And I think Von Miller's definitely a guy right now who's going to yeah. be able to do that. We'll see five years from now, and he's still making $20 million if the contract is set up this way, if this was a wise investment. But I think you pay for production now, and you kind of just tolerate the what comes later in their careers later. You know, yeah, exactly. what, what have you done for me lately kind of league, but you got to win now. Got to. You know, we can't get mad at you down the road if you want a Super Bowl. If we're if we're Buffalo Bills fans, if Von Miller wins a Super Bowl, who cares if they pay him in 2027? Exactly. He's a Super Bowl ring with your team. Uh, there's been a couple of other big moves. We got to talk about the AFC West, folks. We <laughs> talked about the quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, or, or last week it was actually, uh, with the Russell Wilson trade being brought in there. We have four very, very, very good football teams down there in the AFC yeah. West now. The Chargers, they've added Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson to an already strong defense. It's only going to get better under Brandon Staley's second year, a former defensive coordinator for the Rams back two years ago when they had the number one defense in the league. You go over and look at the Broncos. They add Russell Wilson. They still got guys like Bradley Chubb on the defensive side of the ball. Very, very good football team. The Raiders add Chandler Jones with alongside Max Crosby. Are you kidding me? Possibly the That's best be one-two nice. pass rush in the league outside of the Chargers, who have, again, Khalil Mack and Joey fucking bosa this is it's unbelievable and then we got we got the other guys over there who i'm completely drawing a blank on jc jackson one of the premier dbs yeah they brought in jc jackson as well and then the chiefs restructured frank frank clark's contract so they're going to retain their biggest pass rusher uh going into this next offseason could be losing tyron matthew though the writing is on the wall that he's going to be going somewhere but this division man they're every team nasty. has a quarterback and every team has a pass rush. The Chiefs being maybe the only exception, but they could look to add that in the draft. And they did just bring Frank Clark back, who was kind of expected to be cut at this season because they weren't going to be able to afford his services anymore. I'm curious to think which of these teams you think is the front runner, because I think my uh, my viewpoint might have changed over this last week based on some of the moves. Mm-hmm. I think it might be L.A. Mine definitely changed. I think only if the Chargers can fix that damn um, goal line out or not go red zone offense I think that's what's going to be key and and they're the front runners I think they're doing an amazing job beefing up that defense Um, like you said you know kind of it looks like the moves they're making on defense are are aiming towards you know we want to beat Pat Mahomes we want to you know beat the guys in our division we want to go out and beat Russ Um, and they they're looking good on the defensive side of the ball and and you know, you watch a lot of their games last year so close in score. You think, you know, one extra play on defense or one extra play on offense is it was going to be the difference in that game. And, 100%. And, you know, now you add these little tools and, and you got Herbert coming back as just a more mature quarterback, more comfortable in the league. They're going to be good, man. I think they are the team to beat in the AFC West division. The, I think they're a team that reminds me a lot of the Bengals in that they uh, a lot of their games last year came down to the end. They were one-score games. 
I think if a couple things swing the Chargers' way, they could have very well been the Bengals of last year. You yeah. know, a young team that reached the Super Bowl when nobody expected them to. They certainly have the talent for it. Brandon Staley is a great head coach. Um, he's was, He played quarterback growing up, and he was a defensive coach, so he knows both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a lot of great things going on in that building, but I think the way that they got these guys together is just... It's not talked about enough. You know, you get Khalil Mack for a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick. You bring in J.C. Jackson for nothing but cap space. Don't have to give up anything to get him. You re-sign Mike Williams, who has superstar potential as a wide receiver on any given week. Kind of like that Mike Evans, boomer bust kind of a guy. Uh, Definitely not at the same level of Mike Evans, but just that kind of player. Big physical receiver. He's going to pop off for a couple 150-yard games a season. Uh, They have Keenan Allen over there. Justin Herbert's obviously incredible. If they could just shore up that offensive line a little bit more, Rashawn Slater, their first-round pick last year at left tackle, was amazing this year. Uh, but we just need to see a little bit more out of that offensive line, and I don't think there's anybody in the league that can stop them outside of maybe if Mahomes turns into Superman a couple of times and ends up putting them out, which we always We've know that's it. a possibility. But yeah. this team is constructed from top to bottom. You talk about a front office, a coaching staff that are on the same page, getting the guys in the building that they think are going to do well in their system. And they're loaded up and ready to go, man. I don't know if there's a team with more talent in the NFL than these guys, honestly. Yeah, I think you touched on it good. They got to beef up that offensive line and look for them to do that uh, in the upcoming draft. Um, a lot of good offensive linemen in that draft class, man. And a lot of guys they could use. Um, but man, yeah, they're going to be scary, and I don't like saying it either. You know, Chargers are supposed to be, you know, your the little brother down in in Southern California, and now they're a legit legit contender. And um, I am excited to see what, you know, Herbert could turn that into. It's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Again, we're going to have more coming up with the upcoming MLB season in these next couple of weeks. We had a little bit of technical difficulties today, so we're not going to be having any video, just the audio logs. If you made it this far, you obviously know that already. But like we say every week, thank you for letting us into your home, listening to us wherever you are, on your phone, in the car, chilling at the crib. We appreciate you tuning us on, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.